Welcome to Weird World, the podcast. I'm Dean. I'm Carrie. Today we are going to present our first Weird World media review. Is review the right word? Is media the right word? No, neither. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> you we're going to talk about The Haunting of Bly Manor, the Netflix, I think, nine-part TV series. So it's not a movie review. And also, we're not really going to do a review. We're going to kind of... You know, tell you the basic of the story. We don't whether you've watched it or not. Actually, it doesn't matter. Carrie thinks it does. But, We're just going to talk about it. Yeah, and talk about kind of what we thought. But you know, we'll we'll give you some definite recap if you haven't seen it, so you'll be able to follow along what's happening. And if you have seen it, we'll talk about some of the nuances, how we thought. Some, you know, it's just there's a lot of a lot going on in this show. If you haven't seen it, a why would you listen to this? Because there's going to be spoilers galore. Yes. And if you you don't care because you don't want to see it, then B, why would you want to listen to a podcast about it? You ruin everything. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Dean. I'm just logical. <laughs> okay. Well, it's an interesting story, so hopefully you've seen it, but I, I still say if you haven't seen it, this is good. But yes, Carrie's right. There's going to be tons yeah, of spoilers, you won't need so to get watch ready. It. That's mm-hmm. great, though. Hey, we're telling you a story. There's nothing wrong with that. God That's true. So we're going to go through each episode, but like I said, we'll kind of mostly we're going to try to focus on. Just, Just you know, what happened. What, what the hell was going on? What we think was happening. Yeah. What we think the little mysteries and weirdness was all about. So, Carrie, please. For yeah, the first few episodes super slow. Mm-hmm. So just you know we'll keep mo- with it. It gets a lot better. Yeah. If you do watch it. If you do watch it and you haven't seen it yet, get through the first four episodes. I would say episode one was good. Episode two through four are very slow, yeah. redundant, padded like hell. Didn't really need to be a nine-part episode, but from five on, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. So anyhow, it starts in Northern California, where we happen to reside. The year is 2007, and an older, you know, gray-haired, very nice-looking woman yeah. goes Carly to... Carly Yeah. Apparently a... Oh, and also, a lot of the cast from Hill House show up back in this. Yes, in case you didn't know, which you probably do, The Blind Matter is kind of a quasi, not really a sequel... To the Haunting of Hill House, Not which, at all. in my humble opinion, is the best horror movie or television show in the history of the genre. Except I, mean, I like this one better. Oh my God, that's just weird. That's just nonsense. You're insane. Weird for somebody to have a di- <sighs> difference of opinion than yours. If it's that insane and wrong, yes. But anyway, mm-hmm. this is uh, not a sequel to that, but it's by the same creator, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. So it's got a bunch of the same actors, actors in it. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, this lady goes to what is apparently a... A rehearsal dinner for a wedding, and it seems like she's showing up late. Everybody's already sitting down for dinner, and then after dinner, she launches into a spooky ghost story for some reason. That is odd, isn't it? Yeah, it as, seems as apropos you do. of nothing. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we're just kind of hanging out here after the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Does anybody want to hear a spooky, terrifying ghost story that is going to last nine episodes? She had to be talking for three hours at least. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. So, and, you know, her narration is interspersed throughout the episodes, too. Yeah, there's a lot of voiceover in this from Carla Gugino, which actually, which helps a lot to yeah. understand things. It's not overly intrusive, I thought. No. I thought that, that worked. Yeah. Voiceover, I always, I'm very resistant to voiceover, but yeah. this, this worked. I was okay with it in this one, too. So, anyhow, she goes on to tell the story uh, way back in the olden days of 1987 in London, where it's a story about an au pair who goes to take care of two little orphans, Flora and Miles. They're eight and ten. They live in the family's summer house in the country in 
Essex or Sussex or some... One, one of the X's within in Southern England, yeah. And so the au pair's name is Danny. Mm-hmm. Played the, by? Played by... I don't know her name. Okay, good job. Oh, wait, no, I do... Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have it. Okay. Do you? Yeah, I'll get it. Go ahead. She's hired by the two kids' uncle, who works in London and really can't be bothered to spend any time with the niece and nephew in the country house. So they are taken care of by the servants. Housekeeper named Hannah Gross. Played by? Don't know. (laughs) Uh, Tania Miller. Danny is played by Victoria Pedretti, who was in the uh, Haunted of Hill House. House. She was a daughter, I think. Go ahead. The man that hires her is Henry Wingrave. He's played by Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, who was the father in the flashbacks in mm-hmm. Haunted of Hill House. Mm-hmm. The cook is Owen, an Indian gentleman. Played by Rahul Kohli. Not from Hill House. Nope. So she arrives at the manor, although some things happen before that where we see she's on a street in London and she catches a glimpse of herself in a window or whatever and we see what looks like a ghost with shining eyes. Yeah. And she's very spooked by it. And there's some reason why it seems like she can't go back home to America because, as I forgot to say, she's American. Yeah, and she covers all the mirrors anywhere because she tends to see, she typically sees that ghost with the shining eyes in mirrors. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly haunted by this, this yes. cat. Yep. And a little wrinkle to this story. So so she's got to go take care of these grieving orphans. I think it's been a couple of years since the parents died, right? Probably. And Yeah, at least a year and a half. And it was it a year or so earlier than this? Their first au pair killed herself. Yeah. Apparently she drowned herself. Ms. Rebecca Jessel. Yes. Played by? Yes. Tahira Sharif. And she is, yes, it was, because she was their au pair for about a year, and she killed herself maybe a couple months ago when this starts, when Danny comes on. Oh, something like that. that quick. Okay. It was something, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that long. And, of course, because it's, we know it's a ghost story, but it's a spooky old country manor, the nanny starts finding these little dolls that are like little talismans all over the place, and one in particular looks scary because she doesn't have a face. And she sees it. It's under the dresser in the little girl's room. She picks it up, like to go put it in the the girl's dollhouse. And the little girl gets all upset. No, put that back. And then is that the night when she gets caught in the cupboard? Locked, right? Yes. She's so there's something that the kids really don't want her to walk around the manor at oh, night. Oh, that's true. They tell her that's a rule. It, and they're and they're clearly terrified of her doing that. Yes. And so they lock her in a closet when they sort of lure her into the closet and then they lock her in. She has an episode. She sees the uh, shiny eyed ghost that's been haunting her and she freaks out, but they keep her in there for hours, apparently yeah. until the next morning. Yep. At which point when they let her out, she seems a little Ooh. peeved yeah. as opposed to homicidal as she should be. Yeah. She one says little, something like she forgives them, yeah. but... I don't believe you. They said, yeah. they, they said the door got stuck and she knows yeah. that's not true. Yes. But she was... Not nearly as pissed off as she but was. Also, she, mo, uh, most people would, that would be it. I'm oh, out. yeah. This job's over. I'm out. But There's also she, a reason why it seemed like Flora 
was alarmed by something she saw in her dollhouse. Yes. She, so she's got dolls that represent all the people it looks like in the and, dollhouse. And some that don't. And yeah, like the spooky... The spooky the faceless. The spooky no-face. Yeah. Scary-looking talisman. Yeah. So just a little fun fact for you. The groom at the mm. wedding rehearsal at the very beginning is played oh, yeah. by Greg Sestero of The Room. The fame. Room, if you haven't heard of it, is one of the worst movies ever made. Everybody's classic bottom 10 list, the hairiest, where I, you're tearing me apart. With, I can't remember the guy who, who made it, just the, the creepy dude who made it. Where, it's the movie that James Franco and Dave Franco made, uh, the disaster movie, a disaster. Which, um, d- disaster artist, artist, which Greg Sestero also co-wrote. Yeah, he, co- he wrote the book. Yeah, uh, based on and so yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I I did not know that until you told me that. Well, yeah. After we we were done with the show. Yeah, I didn't know it either. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what he looked like in the show. It was you know. I could. He actually looked vaguely familiar to me. I'm thinking, where have I seen that actor yeah. before? Right. And also, there apparently are a bunch of hidden ghosts. Yeah. In the first so, episode, even. Yeah, maybe you. I did listener not. has seen them. Yeah. I didn't see one. There's a plague plague doctor who shows up later in a much later episode that is one of those doctors who wore those contraptions over their face where they had that long beak where they would, when they treat plague patients. Yeah. He was in there and there's another one too. There's a soldier. Soldier, yeah. That I, I didn't see the one. There's a bunch. Yeah. I mean, they're in every episode in more than one scene, but... And if you want to find them, you can look online and there yeah. are lists and everything. The other thing that seems odd is Hannah, the housekeeper... Never eats yeah, or, drinks or drinks anything, and it's it seems like they're you know planting that, making it obvious. Yeah, she'll I, I thought so. She'll say that she's already eaten or she's not hungry, or and you'll see her clasping a coffee cup, but you'll never mm-hmm. see her drink. And if you do see her hold something to her lips, it's kind of clear that she's not actually really drinking or yeah. eating. Yeah, but 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 she seems pretty oblivious to. That she doesn't seem like she's. They never show her trying to like like she's tricking people or something like that. It's just, and also the other kind of foreshadowing here of what's to come is these muddy footprints yeah. that come from outside through the main front door across the gigantic whatever front room. It's a foyer that's you know a hundred by a hundred, yeah. and then they go up the stairs. And they go and they go down the hallway into the room and and they see that multiple nights and Danny just assumes Miles is messing with her and gets mildly upset and makes him clean up or something like that. That would be insanely freaky. Even if your ten year old was going outside in the middle of a freezing night and walking in and dragging muddy footprints every night, you'd be okay. That's very dangerous. They have this dangerous pond or lake yeah. out in the front of the of the where grounds. Somebody recently drowned. Where Ms. Jessel killed herself recently. Uh-huh. I, so, so they understate that. It's a couple of things where, you know, if I had a critique there in the early going, they understate some of the reactions of what in real life. I think if again, if you're locked in a closet, you're done. I'm out. Yeah. And if your your ten year old charge you think is walking around the grounds at three in the morning and coming back in, uh, it's more serious. And oh, you better clean that up. Yeah. We also get a flashback to six months earlier. Where Miles is at, at a at a boarding school, and we see him attempt a few different things to clearly try to get expelled and sent home. And he climbs into a tree and then jumps yeah. off, breaking his arm. Yeah, this thinking, is episode two, right? I think yeah. We're... And there's one priest there, teacher, who is very nice, very compassionate, seems that he wants to pretty much 
take Miles under his wing and take care of him. So we'll basically forgive anything Miles is, Miles does. And so finally Miles uh, kills his pet bird mm-hmm. and leaves it in, like on the church podium or whatever for him to find. And apologized. Miles apologized for not doing it in a more gory and gruesome yeah. way. So he did get sent home. And then we find out it's because his little sister Flora sent him a letter saying, please come home. And in the letter, there's a drawing. Dean, tell him what the drawing's of. The drawing is of Flora and... Wait, it's of, of a ghost, right? It's, of, it's Flora and Miles and then a woman who is Miss Jessup. Mm-hmm. Who is... Jessel. Jessel. And is she... This is before she died or after she died? Before this is after she, she died, I think. No, because it's six months earlier. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she, maybe I'm wrong about the two months after she died. Yeah. Thing. I, I, I think it's after she died. So maybe it's a little bit longer before they hired Danny. Yeah, know. so Miss Jessel, and then there's a man. A man in the picture who is, like, grinning. But it's, yes. you know, clearly a little girl's drawing. Well, we, so. And we know who that is, right? We know yeah. by this point who that is once you introduce him. That man is Peter Quint. Played by? Um, Oliver Jackson Cohen. Okie dokie. Which I recognize him from <laughs> I something. I do. He's he wasn't our, in Hill House, I don't yeah. think. but No, he wasn't. Yeah, Peter Quint works for their Uncle Henry, and he's like his right-hand man. And we do end up seeing a flashback to when Rebecca Jessel was hired. Peter Quint clearly was the one interviewing her for the job, even though Henry was there. Henry was either hungover or still drunk. First thing in the morning, he has a bit of an alcohol problem. He does. He's he's an absolute alcoholic for sure. And we can tell Peter likes Miss Jessel and he decides to hire her. Yeah. And a couple things are happening here, and, and the presence of Peter Quint is important because Miles, during this period in the episodes, maybe two, three, four, is starting to have these little interludes where he acts very adult, mm-hmm. where he like wants wine, or he kind of almost borderline makes a pass at Danny. Yeah, he's creepy. He's very creepy. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out later, of course, that's because he's being possessed by the ghost of Peter Quint. Did I say that too soon? No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> so, well, give me a look. And of course, even though uh, Flora and Miles are naughty little children, locking her in, in closets and traipsing mud through the house, she decides to reward them for cleaning because they were made to clean. Uh, with the, they get to choose a game, and they choose hide and seek, which yeah. not on your life, but anyway, in a haunted mansion. Yes, week. and there's a whole wing of the manner that is off limits and you know all the furniture is covered with sheets and stuff and that was where the kids parents where their room was so nobody's supposed to go in there so of course when they're playing hide and seek that's of course where everybody goes and Danny's in there and she finds like Polaroid pictures of Miss Jessel and a man who turns out is Peter Quint so clearly they were it was actually a selfie an 80s selfie yeah they invented selfies we're Uh pretty sure for the Polaroid Polaroid where they're clearly in a relationship. But that's significant because Danny recognizes the man in the picture as a man that she had seen standing in the parapet of that wing of the house. So the other folks in the house think, and especially um, episode maybe three or four, she sees him through the window and actually Miles sees him well. So now they're convinced that we learned a little bit more about Peter's backstory, mm-hmm. what Peter did. What happened is that Peter Quinn, he was, again, Henry's right-hand man, his valet, 
an aide de camp or whatever he was. Ended up having a relationship with Rebecca. With Rebecca Jessel. And he ex... He, stole. I know. I know. That's what we get for drinking Trulies. Yeah. He stole 250,000 pounds. Embezzled. <laughs> he embezzled 250,000 pounds from Henry and took off. It actually was an account for miles. Oh, was it really? Yeah. And he also took some jewelry as well. That belonged and a fur coat. to the parents and a fur coat. And it, the idea was that we find out he was going to bring Miss Jessel with him. And he he was a big yeah, he manipulated Miss Jessel by kind of propping her up. You know, he found out what her dreams and, and hopes were, and she wanted to be a barrister, I think, and that's why she wanted to be the au pair with Henry, who was a, a well known, I guess, or, or somewhat important barrister. Yeah. And could help her career. Because I guess you have to be mentored by yes. a, by a barrister Apparently. to become a barrister. Yeah, and England. So Peter is Peter Quint is telling her how smart she is, how she should keep to her dreams, etc. And then he says he's he's he told her through flashbacks that he was going to, you know, just be ready. We're going to leave tomorrow. You know, trust me. And he disappears. Mm-hmm. And so they think, oh, he's come back for some reason. Maybe he doesn't know Miss Jessel is, is dead. dead. And there's been these series of calls where someone is calling, listening for a while and hanging up and they think, oh, it's probably him because he's waiting for Miss Jessel to answer the phone. Yeah, Which makes a lot of sense. And so they also think she killed herself Mm -hmm. because he embezzled the money and then left and didn't come back for her. Exactly. So, and and again, this is like two, three, and four. And otherwise, those three episodes could have been one episode at most. So there is kind of a, you know, I feel like what they were doing here was trying to pad out to a uh, quote-unquote full season of nine episodes. I think Haunting of Hill House, I think, was 10. You know, most of these shows in, in Netflix, you want to get them to something like 10-ish episodes to have a, a full season. So they got this to nine. This could have been four or five, yeah. to be honest with you, a, a six max. Yeah. And we still see Hannah still not eating. It's like every episode they do that. And she also sees a crack in the wall in the kitchen. Yeah. And, you know, is very unnerved by it. And they bring in new character, Jamie, who is like the groundskeeper. Yeah. Young, good looking woman. She's been in already. We just are now just not mentioning her. That's what I mean. We're introducing her. Okay, sorry. But so she brings her in to to look at it to fix it. And when Jamie comes to look at the crack, it's gone. Yeah. And so this is going to be a running theme with Hannah. She keeps seeing cracks in things in the house, but she's the only one that sees them and then they go away. And she's played by Amelia Eve. And that's actually really good foreshadowing for what we're going to learn about Hannah in a minute. But first, I want to mention, we do get a a pretty big reveal, I believe, in episode four, where Danny has some significant flashbacks we find about about her life back in the United States before she came to England, in which she was engaged to be married Mm -hmm. to a a really nice guy with a great family. Her her would-be mother-in-law was a big, good friend of hers and adored her. And like just days before they're going to get married, they go to a dinner and we find Danny, they don't really show that Danny is having clearly having cold feet. And he's saying what's going on. And they flashed at them after dinner in the car, clearly angry. And she's, they've apparently had this off screen conversation, but effectively we know it's about Danny's sexuality. She they didn't have an off screen co- conversation. They had a conversation in the restaurant where yeah, but it he was asking her why she seemed very, not excited about making plans for the wedding. Yeah, and, and she and doesn't, he confronted her on it. And, and she they, doesn't say, I'm yeah. a lesbian. Well, no. That happens off screen, and we get to the point in the car where they've finished that conversation, and he's just fear, you know, quietly angry, and she's like, I'm so sorry. I, sh- I know I should have told you earlier. So anyway. I don't 
Okay, but that, uh, yeah, it was just, I should have told you I didn't want to marry you. Yeah, and we've had hints that there has been a budding, at least a little hints of, of a budding relationship between Danny and Jamie, the groundskeeper, yes. in current time at Bly Manor. But anyway, that argument with her fiancé ends with, they're in the car, he's in the, in the driver's seat, we're in America, so they're parked on the right side of the street, he's, so he's on the side of the road with cars whizzing by. Well, that's important. Everybody knows how cars work. <laughs> no, because you'd be on the, on the other side in England. Yeah. Okay. So shut up. Just, I'm helping our English friends, our left side driving friends in England and Japan care. That's why, and Australia, okay? It's, it's, so he gets out of the car in a huff and... And he looks back toward oncoming traffic and he has glasses on and those glasses shine and we realize... Is the fiance, which we already knew. The fiance is her haunting ghost with the shining eyes and a semi truck or something like that just plows in at him and destroys him and kills him instantly. Yeah. So and she so she's haunted by this ghost because she feels responsible. She caused this argument. I don't know, not caused it. And he died as a consequence of that argument. And so. she starts seeing him immediately in the hospital. Mm. And then at the funeral, and then so she's super spooked. Yeah. And when his mother brings her the glasses, yep. Right as she's getting ready to leave for London, yeah. she brings over the glasses, and so she takes them to London, which so, is yeah, exactly weird. So the mother brings her the glasses, as you say, and she, what what would you do with them? You would leave them hundred percent leave them, them in there. Your house. There, this horrific reminder of the worst things ever happened to you in your entire life. Yeah. You naturally pack them in your bag and bring them to London with you. Come on, come on, so, Danny. So the question about Edmund and this—that's the, that's the fiance. Yeah, this, you know, what she's this vision that she sees. Do we think Edmund is a ghost, or do we think it's her guilty conscience and she just sees him whenever she looks in a mirror or sees a reflection of herself? Like we her, don't know, like her bad. Deed or and her shame caused his death. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, this the show, The Blind Matter, is based on the novel by Henry James, The Turn of the Screw. The Turn of the Screw was a. It, it's the setup is very similar. The characters are very similar. The background with Miss Jessel killing herself, the previous governess they would have called them then, is all in the book. The ending's very very different. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Turn of the Screw is kind of famous for the reader never being able to be sure if the governess, the Danny character, is insane or is experiencing the things she experiences in, in real life. She's seeing ghosts and things like that. So are they ghosts or are they her imagination? It's a famous, the novel, one of the reasons the novel is famous is that we don't know. Right. And we're left unsure even at the end. In this case, it's very clearly their ghost. Yeah, but it's I, not I think, clear about Edmund. But it's not, I think it is because there's a scene where she he is, Haunting her in the, in the not in a mirror, but in front of the manor, and that scene ends. He's just staring at her, and they're both standing in front of the manor in the front area there, and outside. And he is suddenly just pulled away violently into the manor. And later, much later, we'll get to that. We find out that there is a particularly malevolent spirit in there who has said that she kind of all the ghosts that are haunting Bly Manor are held by her gravity in some fashion, her metaphysical pull. And so I think that was that character pulling his ghost uh, into the manor, yeah. into her orbit. Hmm. So I think he's a ghost. I don't think she should be able to because he didn't die at Bly Manor. It's all people who die she, at Bly Manor. She brought his ghost there by bringing the glasses there. That's my theory. 
Hmm. That's what I think. That's a good theory, but I could also go the other way where it's just her guilty conscience. It could be, yeah. Seeing him. That makes it a little more turn of the screw, doesn't it? Because then once she has a relationship, establishes a relationship with Danny, I mean with Jamie, Jamie, Mm -hmm. she doesn't see him anymore. And I also, though, I can't remember if the timing was exact, but she also destroys the glasses. She throws him in a fire. Yeah. So I don't know which. So that's which true. Is, she doesn't see him past that point. Which is the exorcism? Is yeah. It, the relationship with Jamie, I think, is the glasses. I think he's somehow connected to the glasses. Yeah, and when and she destroys him, them, she, we don't see he's him gone. anymore. Yeah. So his spirit has gone. Whereas the other ghosts that inhabit that mansion are still stuck there. Yeah. Because of the other <laughs> ghosts that we'll talk about in, in yeah. a bit. So then it gets to. Wait, we have to talk about Owen. His mom is oh, dying, yeah, yeah. and then she died. In fact, that's why he's there. He's a, a chef trained in Paris, but he's coming to cook for two kids in a country manner, and it's because he's from there. His mom has Alzheimer's. She ends up dying, and Danny just can't bring herself to go to the funeral. Everybody else is going to the funeral to support Owen, and she can't go. And then, as responsible adults in charge of two children do... They have a drunken bonfire right with do. the kids asleep in the house. Yeah. And that's when Danny puts the glasses in. Like but, we haven't done that. I mean, come on. Maybe not a bonfire, but uh, the other parts are pretty similar. But also, we see Hannah and Owen getting a little bit cozy. Mm-hmm. We see Hannah put a bottle of wine up. Everybody's drinking out of a full bottle of wine. Yeah. And Hannah puts the wine to her lips and... Again, it's pretty obvious she's not actually drinking anything. But Hannah and Owen clearly are starting to like each other, and they talk about going away to Paris together. And then that's when uh, Danny and Jamie come back, where they were having that they were starting to get intimate, and they sort of break up the moment for Owen and Hannah as well. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But then it's, it's episode five where. It really, that's where I think the show really starts to get good. It starts to get weird, but weird in a way that we gradually understand more. So a good yes. kind of weird. It gets inexplicable. It's when Hannah starts to have flashbacks to various times in her life, and they're out of order. She's like mm-hmm. uh, Billy Pilgrim, who became unstuck in time in Fahrenheit 451, where she has a flashback that happened two years ago, well, it happened, and then one was six months ago, then one from nine months ago or a year ago, and then one from two weeks ago, and they're coming in weird order. But one that she keeps going back to is is when she interviewed Owen mm-hmm. in the kitchen to hire him back whenever that was ago, not super long ago, and eventually she says she just it looks weird, and she says we've done this before because they come back to that flashback maybe the third time. She says we've done this before, and Owen, the Owen character in this flashback, takes his glasses off and says, "Yeah, we have, but let's just keep you know let's keep pulling, going through this, mm-hmm. let's just power through this kind of a thing." And so the characters in the flashback begin to have agency and awareness that they are within a flashback, which is a super cool idea, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It is really cool. Yeah. It's confusing, and At it takes first. a bit to kind of get your bearings and yeah. realize what's going on. She also flashes back to the night where Peter Quint tells Rebecca that he plans to move to America and wants to take her with him. Mm-hmm. He's got to go do something, and then he'll come back for her. And as he's leaving Rebecca's room, yeah. he comes out into the hallway. Miles and Flora are there, and they're just terrified. Kind of, they're like standing at one side. And is, is Hannah with them? No. So it's just Miles and Flora. She's just in the flashback, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, that, that's another thing too. In some of these flashbacks, she realizes she almost as if she shouldn't be in that flashback. Yeah. So they're standing there and they see what's happening, and it's the the faceless scary lady well, ghost. It's better than that. It's more of a jump scare than that. So he's Peter Quint is talking to Miles, like, what's going on here? Uh-huh. And and they look both scared. And he's standing at the t- hallway at the top of the stairs from the downstairs. And just out of nowhere, you see this this faceless ghost with long woman ghost grab him by the throat. By the neck, yeah. And she drags him bodily down the rest of the hallway and disappears into a bedroom. It's a very effective, it's almost like a grown-up jump scare. Yeah. It's really well done. It's terrifying. The kids are horrified, but they they stand still most frozen with terror. And they wait a while. And after, I don't know, what is it, 30 seconds or so? Very quickly. Very quickly, Peter Quint comes out of there as if nothing's wrong. And they're yep. like, what happened? What happened? And he's like, nothing. And, and he goes up and talks to, I guess, Miles. And Miles wants to hand him something. Or so, and, and it goes through his hand. And he looks baffled. Peter DeCrint does. Yeah. And then suddenly the faceless ghost woman comes back out of the room with his body still clearly dead now, carrying him by his throat, carries him down the stairs, across the huge front ballroom, not ballroom, whatever it is, the big front room, outside and into the lake into the depths of, yep. of the lake. So he realizes he's dead. He's he reali- a ghost. He realizes he's dead. He's a ghost. And somehow he figures, oh, hey, I can possess this little boy, Miles. It was an accident. I think he touches him and and, and kind of... Must have felt something. Yeah, goes into the body of Miles and sort of take over his body, at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. And in Hannah's, one of her flashbacks with Owen, Owen tells her there's something wrong with Miles. Mm-hmm. And... Go help him. You have to help him. Yes. So Miles is outside. In fact, he's smoking outside yeah. by a well. Which is that we now, at this point, we I hadn't know. completely realized that when he's acting adult, he's possessed by Peter Quint. Yeah. So he's whenever he's doing something very adult, that means Peter Quint is in his body. Mm-hmm. And he's out there smoking. Yes. And so Hannah goes out there, and she is just standing there. And wait a second. No, is this right? Yeah, it's right. She So Miles is there. She goes to him and they start having an argument about his smoking and, and he gets bent out of shape because he's Peter Quint, a grown-up who should be yeah. allowed to smoke if he wants to. And he says, you're, you're just a busybody. You're nosy. And she's backing away toward the well behind her yeah. when he suddenly says something. I can't remember what it was. And he pushes her violently. She falls into the well, cracks her neck. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's sort of watching this. The hand of the uh, in, a, in a flashback form, yeah, yeah. and she realizes, oh, and now I believe in episode episode five, she realizes she's a ghost and she's been a ghost the, the entire time. And then we see Danny arrive. Yes, so right right, right yeah. as Miles, Peter being possessed by Peter, kills Hannah. Danny arrives, sees the kids out there. Just Miles and Flora are out there. And, and Hannah, the brand new ghost, yeah. takes his hand, seeming a little disoriented. And this was the very first episode when they had this yep. scene originally happen. And she did seem a little disoriented, a little yeah. distracted, because she just realized she's a ghost. But we, we think, she obviously, she forgets that she's a ghost. Yeah. Because these flashbacks, and I think the cracks are symbolic of this cracks in her, in her facade. Yeah. As it's, so it's it's crumbling and she's realizing that she's a ghost. Yep. And so that starts the whole thing. So she was killed literally a minute before Danny mm-hmm. arrives as the new au pair. And then we also see that 
we get a flashback to when the, the parents were alive. Yeah. And they all show up with Henry, who is the brother of the kid's dad. They all arrive at the summer house for the summer, and Hannah's there, and Hannah has a really good relationship with this family. It appears she's been employed there for a long time, and she, you know she really has a friendship with the mother, and Hannah is having difficulty with her husband, Sam, who has left her, and this is when the kid's mom, Charlotte, says, well, why don't you just come live here? You can mm-hmm. live here forever if you like. Yeah. Foreshadowing. And... This, which which is great about the Hannah thing, is that right away you think, okay, who else is dead? Who else is a ghost? Is Jamie the groundskeeper a ghost? Is Owen a ghost? Are the kids even maybe? Yeah. Or even Danny? You don't know. It's it's, anyone now might be dead. I thought everyone was going to be dead. You did? Mm -hmm. Maybe everyone but the kids. Okay. And we and we don't find until later that the ghost can't leave. The grounds, but that's much later. I don't know, episode eight or nine. It is later. Seven, eight, something like that. Where we don't, so we don't know that yet. We don't know those those kind of ground rules. Uh So you really are confused. If I had to pick a a nitpick, is that in this episode and the episodes previous where Peter is embodying Miles and, and possessing effectively Miles, he acts too adult. And He's a smart guy. He knows I'm in the body of a 10-year-old child. I can't smoke, demand yeah. wine, and hit on my au pair. He, he would have acted more like a child in, in to not make people suspicious of what's yeah. going on. Not that they're going to think, oh, is he possessed by an older ghost? No, but still, it's still very weird that he, and he wouldn't have acted like that. It's a minor nitpick, but it yeah. could have been much more subtle and still convey this idea that, uh, Miles is different at these certain times throughout the the series. Yeah. Well, and then we have another episode with a bunch of flashbacks to when the parents were alive, and we find out that Henry, the uncle, was having quite a long-standing affair with the kid's mother, Charlotte. Years, yeah. And in fact, we see the moment of Flora's birth where Henry is there, the father is not, presumably he's out of town, and he comes rushing back, you know, comes into the house, and Charlotte is in labor in the bedroom, because I guess no hospitals or whatever. It's England, when you're rich, soon. you have your babies in your manor. But fact. they also make a comment about how it's too early. Yes. The baby's not due yet. Yes. And it's like, oh, well, you know, she's coming anyway. And then we have a... A forward flash to where the dad sees a moment between his wife and his brother where it just makes him think something. It's it's like the night before Flora's fifth birthday, right? Mm, something like that, yeah. And he uh, Henry brings a, the her dollhouse, which is a replica of Bly Manor. And the dad, I guess, quickly does some math in his head that he couldn't have done for five years. <laughs> And figures out, oh, Flora, the preemie, looked like a full-term baby. And, hmm, if she was full-term, that means she was conceived when I was out of the country. Yeah, he was in Russia for a long time. So he could not have, he realizes he could not have. And he has this conversation with his wife Uh where he's like, oh, it took me five years, but I finally realized it. And here's the thing, writers, just because you acknowledge something lame doesn't mean it's not still something lame. It's absurd. I mean, she was like two months too early. It would have been 
there's no way you go five years mm-hmm. without realizing that. Yeah. And just to, they, you see that a lot. Where if you acknowledge it, you kind of, oh, it's okay, right? No, it's not okay. But I, I get it. I'm not going to, yeah. again, it's a small nitpick, but it is, um, it does make him seem really dumb. But yeah. he then goes to Henry, his brother in his office. And, and he's like, they work together. They work together. And we guess, I, so I guess Henry is like the lawyer for his brother's company or corporations or something, or something because he, the it's brother, clear. The, the, um, the father of Miles and Flora says, basically, you can keep this office. I'm taking everything. There's already movers there removing everything from the office and there's nothing Henry can do about it. And he leaves. And, and what does, is important here, what the brother says to Henry when he leaves. He tells him Flora is his daughter. Henry is never to have any contact with his children or his wife ever again. He's not welcome at the manor. He cannot call them. He cannot see them. You know, he's cutting him out of his life forever. And he tells him, you know, you have this other side to you. You know, you're an evil. He wrote it down somewhere like you're an evil shit and oh, grotesque little demon. And he pities him. Because he has to live with him. And then, suddenly, Henry has this alter, this other, this identical twin, who's this evil little Mm -hmm. person who demands scotch (laughs) or rye, I don't know, and drinks a lot. And so, suddenly, there's Henry has this... Yeah. Yeah. So, it's almost like... The Henry that has we've we've known so far that's been interacting with everyone and hire the au pair, et cetera, et cetera, is kind of a little bit of a weasel and a little bit quiet and always seemingly distracted. He's always drunk. And he's always drunk. But this alter Henry now is in command and vicious and mean yeah. and evil and all that and also getting drunk. So Karen and I are not sure, is that his hated real self? Is it the evil part of him? Is he has he cast out evil Henry and now it's a what is it a ghost what kind of entity is it or is it just himself haunting himself yeah. from the guilt of what he yeah. did because well this is important the guilt comes from when his brother and former lover and sister in law go to India and she says bye I'm going to make my marriage work. We're going to India to sort of have a second honeymoon, and Henry gets the word from India that his brother and the, the parents of, of Flora and Miles have been Died. killed in something. And they don't say how. Yeah, they don't. They never do. Yeah. So I one one uh, thing that I read thinks is it possible that he finds out that his it was murder suicide. Oh, so he feels even more guilty. Yeah, like it's mm. his fault. His brother murdered the woman that he also yeah. loves, mm-hmm. and himself, because presumably he loves his brother. Well, we never know. We d- we know. Gotta we be a prequel. Mm-hmm. Haunting of Eli Manor, the India years or weeks, but the, and this episode, this is episode six, I believe. It ends with a really very good ending. Also, that we find that Flora has these little spells where she's in. She's tucked away, she calls it, where she starts having flashbacks of her own, or at least these pleasant, she's spending quality time with her her mom and things like that. And she's starting to realize, wait a second, I'm too young. I'm too big. I'm too big for this here. This happened when I was five. I'm eight now. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make sense. And she realized, I'm tucked away again. And she comes back to to real life and calls for Rebecca and says, and Rebecca, you know, show yourself. And Rebecca, who remembers dead, is a ghost, shows herself. 
And Flora this, is able to yeah. talk with this this ghost and says, I don't want you to tuck me away anymore. I don't like that. Stop yeah. doing that. And then Danny suddenly walks Danny walks in and Danny sees Rebecca yep. and freaks out and says, come here, come here. And Flora says, no, no, this is just Miss, Je- Miss Jessel. She, you'll like her. She's nice. How do you guys like Dean's eight-year-old girl acting voice there? Was it spot on or what? This episode six, like episode five, is also, it just has great peril. It's spooky. Yeah. Again, this is where the, the series, I think, is finding it is at its best. Yeah, it's getting real good here. And then she also sees Peter in this episode in the hallway. And so she realizes, holy shit, there's ghosts in this house. Mm-hmm. So she tries to grab Flora and Miles. Or no, she tries to grab Flora and you know get the heck out of there. And Miles pops up. I think they're in the attic. She she goes to the attic to get Flora. Is that for some reason I thought there's some they go somewhere else. I don't think they're in the attic yet. Maybe not. But Miles, they they go to where maybe they go to get Miles, and he's in the attic. Yeah. And then and she says, "Come on, we're leaving." And she turns to Flora, and Miles cracks her over the head with a I don't know a something. shovel or something like yeah. that, and knocks her unconscious. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. There's a there's a scene. I have that it she, was this episode. She shows Danny. I'm sorry. Uh, Jamie takes Danny to sh- see this special flower that blooms two weeks a year at night. A moon flower. Moon flower. Moon flower. Something like that. And she and then Danny. I'm sorry. Jamie goes in this. I don't know. Five seven solid Super minutes of the exposition of just explaining her whole yeah. life story. For That's, no reason. It yeah, just we don't need it. I mean, so out of place. I, so we don't know Jamie's life story. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, she had a... Tough life. Traumatic childhood. She did. The kid's mom, by the way, Charlotte, is played by actress Alex Esso, who played Wendy Torrance in Dr. Sleep. Did uh, you know that? No, I did not know that. Yep. So anyway, oh, and also, when we are in flashbacks where... Henry is having a grand old time having an affair with his sister-in-law and he's at the manor a lot playing with the kids and being real nice. We find out that, so this is back when Flora is five before her parents die. She is already seeing ghosts. They have all these creepy, like they look like big dolls and stuff in in, in the basement and in the attic. Yeah. And she sees a little boy wearing old timey clothes, old timey, like, Pajamas look like a nightgown. Yeah. So we, we're not, I didn't think it was a boy at first. But he doesn't have a face. Yeah. And so he can't talk to her. So he can't tell her what his name is. And, and she wants to find out his name because she wants to be his friend. So she's talking to her mom and Uncle Henry about it. And they're saying, well, why don't you give him a name? And then Henry tells her they are assuming this is an imaginary friend of hers. And then Henry tells her about when he was a kid and he lived at the manor. He had an imaginary friend who was a soldier. Yeah, which we, if you've noticed it, which I had not. I had not either. So I didn't. At this time, I didn't understand either. The but relevance of that. So when he was a kid, he saw the soldier ghost yeah. at the manor, mm-hmm. and now she's a kid. She is seeing the little boy ghost. The little who boy will ghost. Find out his how he got there in a little bit. Yeah. So. So everybody sees ghost kids, I guess. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Well, it's a haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. So Peter is now appearing to Rebecca Jessel when she was alive after he disappeared. Yeah. She thought that he left her and that he, you know, betrayed her. He tells her, no, I was killed and I'm a ghost here. And they kind of almost like, you know, resume their relationship, even though she can't touch him or feel him or anything like that. 
at all. And also, yeah. but then he sort of tricks her into being a ghost with him. She's like, like, you know, if you let me into your body, we can live together. So apparently we can live together as I'll be an entity inside of you. Yeah, which, which is, is weird. Why she would, yeah, you know what? Sounds like a great plan. And she agrees to this. Yeah. But once he's inside and controlling her body, bad things happen. Well, he decides, I guess, in order for them to be together forever, he doesn't want to be inside her body. He mm -hmm. wants to actually be able to interact with her. So he possesses her body and walks her down to the lake to drown her mm -hmm. so that she can die and be a ghost with him. That was not the agreement. No, it was not. And asshole that Peter Quint is, yes, he is. right before she is going to die, he gets out of her body. Yeah. So she's left there to realize he killed me. He's killing me. And it's the faceless ghost who kind of holds her down in the lake to drown. Yes. And so now she's dead because his real plan essentially is they will, as they're both ghosts, they will inhabit the bodies of Flora and Miles. He'll yes. inhabit Miles, she'll inhabit Flora, which is very disturbing because Flora and Miles are, as we know, eight and ten and, and brother, brother and, and sister. sister. That's creepy. But apparently Peter has gone off and learned the rules of being a ghost mm -hmm. and what what one needs to do to possess a body kind forever. Which kind of boils down to them inviting you in, effectively, yeah, by saying, uh, it's yeah. us, it's we, what is it, some little... Because, well, clearly, he knows they can do it temporarily yeah. for small bits of time, because he's been doing it with Miles forever. Mm -hmm. But he he learns the rules. You have to say, it's like, I, me, I... I forget. You, me, us, or something like that. You, me, us, something like that. And, and here's the thing. Rebecca goes along with this plan to inhabit these two mm -hmm. kids' bodies, A, which would be a horrific thing to do, and B, shouldn't she be a little more pissed at him for, you know, killing, killing her? Killing her, yes. So, yeah. She is at first, but... Not much, and it doesn't last long. She seems to get over it pretty quickly. Yeah, 30 seconds. She's angry for about 30 seconds. So they're up in the attic talking about this was their plan, and they have Flora and Miles up there who are themselves in their own bodies. They have Danny bound and gagged there, mm -hmm. Tied up by children, and of Just, course she cannot wriggle out of anything. Nope, and she can't even speak or talk to them oh with a God. with a handkerchief gagging her mouth. And she can't she, even try to do anything. All yeah. she can do is cry. Let me, you know, let her go. Yeah. No, she's just, she's really, her character is super useless this entire episode where she's just yeah. listening to these, you know, to these two ghosts are going to inhabit permanently the bodies of yep. her two, these two kids, and all she can do is cry and look at them imploringly. But Peter keeps hearing knocking. Yes, he does. And he doesn't know what it is, and he's got to go take care of it, and it seems like he's the only one that can hear it. And so then where he has to go, I guess this is him kind of being tucked away in mm -hmm. his yeah, memory. You're right. And every time it happens, he goes back to the same memory of when he was alive in his apartment, yeah. and his mom is knocking at knocking, the door. And he answers it. She's, and yeah, she's she's fresh out of the insane asylum. We think. Yeah, it seems like yeah. Yeah, it's like they, you know, you're out, and she, and and she basically threatens him. Give me money, or I'm going to expose you to your employer. Yeah. And he says, I don't have any money. He says, Well, your employer is very rich. You know, hint, hint. So we are to deduce that that's why he embezzled all the money. Was his mom kind of 
quasi forced into do it. And she says, you know, otherwise, if you don't give me money, I guess I'll be homeless. I guess I'll have to go back to your father. And his her fa- his father molested him as a child. Yeah. And so she's kind of using that with a combination of these threats. She's a horrible person. But she also says, and your father, you know what he would want to do to you. Like yeah. he would want to kill you if he knew where you were. Oh, okay, yeah. And after what Peter did to him... We don't know exactly what it is. Did Peter turn him in? My guess is that's what I assume. His dad went to prison. Yeah, that's what I assume. So his dad is out yeah. for blood. He doesn't. He, his dad doesn't know where he is. So his mom will tell his dad where he is. Tell his employer that he has this. He had a criminal record as a teenager. Uh, you know, she's just awful if he doesn't get her money. So that's when he decides to yeah. embezzle. And I, we think I think he genuinely was in love. With Rebecca and was genuinely going to run away with her. Now, I think yeah. he was. I, he obviously he's a manipulative piece of shit. Yes. But he was. I think. I think he did uh, have real feelings for her. And again, that. what men manipulate the women they love oh, all the time. Hell's yes. So yes. and sometimes, ex- sometimes women do that too. Yeah. Well, are you kidding? Much women less. Do it all the time. Okay. I want you to say that, not me. So. But men, you know, much tend more, to also do worse. it with physical yeah, yeah, violence yeah, and yeah. harm as well. Yeah. You know, he killed her. He did kill her. Mm-hmm. He did indeed. So Peter and Rebecca kind of are up there in the attic trying to convince Miles and Flora to let them inhabit their bodies. And, and this is the only time where I have even an ounce of, oh, Peter's not such a bad guy. He is trying to convince Miles by saying... You'll spend the rest of your life with your mom and dad. Yep. You'll be alive, you'll be a, you'll be a great place. And you'll be a happy family yeah. and you'll spend the spend the rest of your life in the the you know, love of your parents, which what child wouldn't want that? Yes. And because, you can tell kind of he wanted that. Yes, and he never exactly. had that yeah. either. And yeah. so Miles lets him in. Uh, they both let him in. Yeah. Rebecca in, Which, and they're possessing the bodies now. They're in charge of the bodies. And this is supposed to be permanent. It's supposed to be permanent. And Did you notice something that no. signifies that? What? Heterochromia. Oh yeah. I, did you notice? I did not. I now that you think about because remember they showed those close ups of their eyes. Yeah, I uh, totally did. And they changed. Notice. I noticed that. I noticed their eyes changed. Were, were got funky. Yeah, that was yes. why they okay. had one. You know, the eyes oh, were different one of colors. The other person. To, okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And so what happens is that Peter then well, Peter in charge of Michael's body Miles' body leaves the room. He has to go attend to something. I mean, I don't remember what it was. And when Flora, inhabited by Rebecca, is alone with Danny, she says, Rebecca, we now see is the ghost, and she's not really in Flora's body. And Flora says, Okay, now let's let Danny go. And they let Danny go the entire. She says, We made that up. We agreed. Rebecca and I agree that we just pretend that I was, and Rebecca was in my body. So they're tricking Peter. Yes, I'll tell you where Peter went, what he had to attend to. Okay. Hannah. Oh, yeah. Hannah was knocking. That's right. So he goes, as Miles, to take Hannah outside, and he's going to be mean to Hannah. Mm-hmm. So he takes her out to the well and oh, shows her her dead body. That's right. To make to her force sort her of, to realize she's dead. You're dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So back up in the attic, though, they let Danny, they untie Danny. Florida. And uh, Florida unties Danny. And so Danny picks up Florida. And she's going to race her house. They're going to get out of there. And they get out to the front of the manor, outside in front of the manor. And suddenly, this is when 
Flora decides to go, oh no, we can't go without Miles. And Danny just sort of lets her down and she, and, and it's very indecisive there for a second. Instead of saying something like, we'll go get him, we'll come back for him, unless you and I get the hell yeah. out of here right now. This is a very dangerous place. She just is very indecisive there for a second. And then this here is another adult jump scare. Yeah. Where, and it's internally consistent, which I, I liked. It was suddenly Danny standing there in front of the manor, the crazy, insane, malevolent, faceless ghost suddenly grabs Danny by the throat and starts dragging her inside. And, I, and that's internally consistent because she, we've already established that her route comes from the lake, across the front of the manor, into the manor, and up the Upstairs, stairs, etc. Yeah. She does exactly that. So it's like if you're in her path that yeah. she does every single night, every single... Uh, and this is night, then you're in danger. If yeah. you're not in her path, and maybe, I, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, but she's, so now that, that episode ends, I think it's episode seven, ends with the Lady of the Lake dragging, dragging Danny by her throat up the stairs. Yep. It's good. And see, the one reason why Danny, it might seem horrible that Danny was willing to abandon Miles, Rebecca had said, it's too late. Miles is gone. Mm-hmm. That Peter That's was, right. yeah. Next episode is, Kind of interesting. I kind of liked it. I yeah. think I liked it more than you did, but um, it's all black and white, mm-hmm. which, which you didn't really I even notice. Didn't complete notice. I thought it was in sepia. Was it black? True black and white? Or was it sepia? I don't know. Okay. Old timey looking. Okay. But it is. It is centuries earlier, and it just gives us the background of the manor and what happened, and it gives us the background of the the lady of the lake ghost, mm-hmm. the malevolent one. The lord of the manor dies, and he only has two daughters. They can't inherit the property, so they have to find a male cousin who will marry one of them. So Mary's the oldest one. Really a marriage of convenience, but they do kind of have a a loving marriage. She has a baby, and shortly after she has... And lets her sister live there. She still lives there. Shortly after she has the baby, she gets... uh, Her sister, Perdita. Yep. Viola is the lady of the manor. Mm -hmm. She gets what must be tuberculosis because she's coughing up blood. Mm-hmm. And it, the doctor comes and says she only has a couple months to live. But of course, she is very stubborn and refuses to die. She says, no, she won't go. So she keeps living. It's years. She manages to live probably like six or seven five, years. I think five years, I think they said that. And maybe she, Yeah, maybe you're right. Your daughter is, yeah. is five or six years old. Now. She really doesn't get to have very much contact with her daughter who she adores and her husband who she presumably loves because of her illness, doesn't want to get them sick. And she's basically wasting away. She looks terrible. And her sister is the one who's forced to take care of her. And she's terrible to her sister. She's, she's terrible to her sister because she's very jealous because mm-hmm. her sister gets to basically have the relationship with her husband and daughter and daughter that she doesn't get to have. And her sister's just taking care of things. She's there's nothing untoward going on. Mm-hmm. And forbid she hits her. Yeah. The, the sick sister hits the well sister. Viola. And eventually Perdita just can't take it anymore. And, and she chokes she, her out. Puts her hand over her yeah, mouth and like, nose. Yeah, she's like kind of taking care of her. She's having a coughing fit. And she just kind of puts her hand over her mouth and nose and holds her there for a little while until Viola dies. Yeah. And then Viola goes into a kind of tucked away of her own where she's just in her room and yep. she can never leave it. Mm-hmm. And she, But before she died, she put all of her beautiful gowns and jewels into a chest and locked it up and made her husband vow to save these for their daughter mm-hmm. when she grew up. 
Don't sell them. Don't get rid of them, which he agreed to do. So that, that chest still exists and it's in the attic and... They're poor. They they lose a lot of their money. They need to sell it. Uh, Pordita has married yeah. the, the husband now, and they and she says, "Let's. We have so much money. We have money to get out of some of our debts. Let's go sell it." He absolutely will not. We won't he, hear of it. He it's, needs to keep his promise his to his promise. dying wife. So Pordita goes up there to behind his back and opens the chest, and boom! Suddenly, these two hands. Leap out from the chest and strangle him down in a dress in one of the in, dresses. In one of the dresses, and we find out that which is a good, it's a good shot. And we find out that's Viola up in her room, answers the door in her little tucked away fantasy world that she's dead, and it's her sister coming in, and she does the same thing. She strangles her in, strangles her in that same dress. So it's odd. Yeah. And so the husband locks up. You know, his his comes second home. wife is dead. Yeah. Comes home. He locks up the thing and he and he takes the chest, thinking the chest is haunted or something like he that. He thinks it's cursed. Cursed. He yeah. takes the chest out to the lake and dumps in there, which is a clever way of of showing us why the lake is sort of the locus of the evil. Yeah. Of that of that manner. Yeah. It was good. It was a pretty good episode. Now I I think it could have been handled in two or three longish flashback flashbacks, yeah. but it was it was still an effective episode. There's another thing I I, I touched. They did is that. We've seen this other sort of faceless doll with reddish hair up in the attic. That's that's again sort of when you're a faceless doll, you seem to be lost and almost like an automaton. And that doll looks like it could possibly be Danny to plant. Yeah. I think I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. To plant in her head that maybe Danny is dead and she's yeah. a ghost. And I don't know. Somehow that's not. That's the ghost of of uh, Perdita. Yeah, I think around this time is also where I was thinking everyone was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Run us through that much quicker than this episode did because this episode has a glaring flaw in it, which is the last episode. <laughs> yeah, well, this is where everything's kind of coming to a conclusion. Yeah. Danny is being dragged into the house mm-hmm. by Viola, the ghost, the lady of the lake, the faceless, evil, malevolent ghost, uh-huh. and takes her into the room. To her bedroom. To her bedroom. Which was Flora and Miles's parents' bedroom. And we know from the flashback that all this ghost just wants to see her daughter. Yeah. That's where her daughter was. Yep. And so Flora runs in ahead of the Lady in the Lake ghost. And jumps on the bed. And jumps on the bed and pretends to be her daughter. Yep. So she has... And again, the idea is that these faceless ghosts are sort of... They've lost their memory. They're not yeah. sure why they're there and things like that. And she just sort of has this vague memory of, okay, that's my daughter. So she picks up Flora and starts doing the reverse of what she does, which is to go back down the stairs and go back into the lake where yes. she lives effectively, yeah. which would mean, of course, she's going to drown Flora. So she let Danny go, which is interesting that Danny didn't die immediately when Peter Quint did. Yeah. When she yeah. grabbed Peter for some reason. Danny's throat is a little bit more sturdy yeah, than Peter's. It's got, a, it's got a better, it's got a stronger throat <laughs> than Peter it, did. It's that American mm-hmm, mm-hmm. esophagus, I guess. Absolutely. And also at this time, we, we have seen Henry back in his office drinking, talking to his evil alter ego, and uh, his secretary has been telling him all day that the au pair has been calling, there's something wrong with the kids, and you really should call him back, and he's not calling him back when he should. Well, he decides to call back. There's no answer or something? Yeah, there's no answer, so he's like... So he's worried. It's a three-hour drive. He's been drinking, but he decides to... To drive there anyway, because and the alter thinks, ego is like you—you're not going to do that. You're too weak. You're not going. Yeah. You, you don't care about anyone but yourself. But he does because now we know, Obviously, of course, Flora's yes. his daughter. Mm-hmm. So he's rushing back there. So as the ghost is coming back down with Flora, intending to drown her in the lake, 
he tries to confront her, the ghost just like grabs him by the neck and throws him or something, yeah. right? And he's quasi dead. Yes. And he does. And we know that because he starts talking to, to Hannah. Yes. Who is, we know, is a ghost. Yes. And, and she, she says something very important. And, and I think Danny comes around finally and tries to give him, tries to re- resuscitate mm-hmm. Henry. And instead of going to get Flora away from the ghost, yes. who's away from the Laden Lake, who is going into the water with Flora to drown her. Uh-huh. And just before Henry is resuscitated, Hannah says, just tell Owen, Owen that I, I loved him and I would have gone to Paris with him or something like that. Yeah. And he is resusc- and he goes back into his body effectively mm-hmm. and he's alive. So then the ending has the Laden Lake in the, the pond, in the lake with Flora getting really close to her mouth and nose at the water level yeah. when... Danny realizes, oh, this is just a la- uh, this is just a mama ghost who wants her baby. <laughs> I'm going to be so compassionate, and I'm going to save Flora and sacrifice myself. And she knows what to do with ghosts because she was up in the attic with Miles inviting Peter in and Flora pretending to invite Rebecca in. And so she says the same words, me, you, us, or whatever. Whatever the hell is, yeah. Which, which... Happened to be the words that Viola said when she had her baby. Okay. She said it to her baby that's daughter. Right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's why those words particularly work for Viola. Okay. And so Viola immediately inhabits Danny's, Danny's body. body, but Danny is still in control, which is a little bit weird because yes. every time that other happens, uh, when, whenever that, that happened before, the ghost controls the body immediately. Yeah, but see, those are ghosts who still have their memories and okay. are in control of their ghosthood. Okay. I'll Viola really isn't because she's been a ghost for so long she's forgotten. All right. So, All right. yeah, so she so. yeah, she really isn't in control. She's just doing what she's been doing for centuries, walking so, back and forth and back so and forth. Danny goes and of course saves Flora. Saves Flora and, ta- and gets her out and then we see that all these other ghosts in the manor are released. Are released. And they, we see the plague doctor, we see the soldier, we see the little boy. I forgot why he was he was murdered by... Yeah, he was a little kid of the manor, and yeah. Viola killed him like she was going right. to kill Flora. Same she way. She thought he was her daughter. Yeah, so she dragged him. And and, mm-hmm. and so all the ghosts are released because they were held there by the Viola evil lady, yeah. the lake faceless ghost, and who is now inside Danny's body. Yeah. And that's at about the 14-minute mark. And the series is basically over yeah. at that point, but it's not. We have 37 more minutes of an AI-level downer ending. To um, go, like, what, 10 or 15 years? I, I, honestly, 10 or 15 years <laughs> to the whole story. It's just the, what the story they tell, we'll recap it very, very briefly, as it should have been done or should have not been done. Essentially... At, after that happens, Dan, you know, the, the kids and the uncle leave. They go to America. Yeah. Danny and Jamie decide to make a go of it, and they fall in love, and they travel around, and they get married, and they all that kind of stuff. They also move back to America. They move back to America. They open up, obviously, a florist shop. We have to assume also an antique shop because this is a huge lesbian stereotype. We assume they had two chihuahuas, and they get um, married. Have, a, have a wonderful life. And but during this time, Danny is having these episodes where she sees Viola in reflections, like mm-hmm. water or mirrors, things like that. And she's more and more worried that Viola is going to take her over. And then she wakes but up. But somehow she knows she's going to. Yeah, she knows. They, they talk about how their time is yes. limited, and which, she knows that, how da- does that she effectively, know that? essentially, or eventually, that ghost is going to take over her body. Why? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. 
I don't know. It's never yeah. explained, but she knows it's going to happen. She she knows from the from day one yeah. it's going to happen. Let's like live. Let's be as happy as we can for as long as we can because this ghost is eventually going to take me over and then it's all is going to end. Yeah. And when she wakes up and she has her hand on the throat of Jamie, she realizes she's a danger to Jamie. So she abruptly leaves, leaves a note, disappears. Jamie follows her. We, we next. Jamie is then arriving in a taxi. At back at Bly Manor, it's been what fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, because uh, the kids are, are adults in, in college, and sure enough, she goes into the pond and sees a very peaceful looking Danny at the yeah. bottom of the pond, having killed herself and apparently also the spirit of Viola. I guess yeah. right. No, she's brought her back to Bly Manor. Yeah. Okay. Well, she won't be in a danger to Jamie, I guess. I don't know because she's dead. And yeah. no, it's, it's it's like it's like she's now the mistress of Danny. Danny's spirit is now the mistress of Bly Manor, and she's a good person. Or so, she's, something... so she'll protect everybody from Viola's ghost? That's the, or if I, or Viola's ghost is, is been expelled, something like that. That's the, there was, they said something like that later on yeah. when she's telling, when Carter Gugino, remember this whole thing is a frame, yeah. framing device where Carter Gugino is telling the story, and she says something to that effect. And Jamie's basically going to drown herself. Yeah. And at the last minute, she decides she can't, and she surfaces. Yeah, gets back in the taxi cab, so soaking wet. Soaking wet was cab driver. No, you know what? Get out. So the whole thing, though, back in the, in the in the framing device at the rehearsal dinner, the grown up. Well, well I guess we'll find out. I, I, we we see hints that the the bride is Flora. Yes. And we've we've heard earlier from Owen that the two kids, Miles and Flora, they forgot they forgot they don't everything. Remember. Yeah. They don't remember anything that happened, these terrible things that happened at Bly Manor. And we also see an Owen character at at the wedding. We see the father at the the uncle, I'm sorry, at the wedding. He's an old man. They're they're in different actors, of course. Here's the problem though. Owen in the stories, I don't know, in his thirties, the actor <laughs> who's playing Owen Decades later, is in his early forties. Maybe yeah. they they a terrible and casting. Looks nothing like him. Looks not. He's he's maybe a foot shorter. I yeah. believe. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's it's horrifically bad casting. Yeah. I don't know if they're trying to make sure we didn't see that or did see that or what, but it's it's not necessary. Yeah. And the, everybody leaves after the ghost story is over, except for Flora, the bride, and and she's talking with Carla Gugino, who we know now is Jamie, the groundskeeper. With a miraculously very different accent. Very, very different accent. She went from a kind of an East End accent to a very upper crust, the L- West London accent yeah. that Carla Gugino was able to master. And the key is this. Flora says, you 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 didn't, um, you lied about, not lied, but you were wrong about one thing. What's that? Early on, you said this is a ghost story. It's not a ghost story. It's a love story. And, and Jamie says, yeah, I guess you're right. This is absolutely not a love story. <laughs> it's a ghost story. And if it is a love story, it's a mangled love story because not to put constraints on creativity, but if you're going to tell a love story, that love story has to be the center of that uh, story arc. And it's not. It's hinted at, at and they, they make out once. It's really The love story is literally embodied in the last 30 plus minutes of, well, of, epi- of the last there's, episode. There's lots of love stories in it. Okay, that's not a love story, though. It's not. It's a ghost story. Sure. There, there's a little bit of uh, Owen and, and Hannah, or maybe have some sparks there. You have one episode of partly about the relationship of Viola and her husband. Yeah. It's not a love story. Not even close. And Charlotte and Henry the central are, love are story, really in love. The central love story is Jamie and Flora, which is great, but you have to have that be the centerpiece. If you want to make a, if you want to write a love story, that has to be the centerpiece of all nine episodes. And it, Peter to, and Rebecca. You're, you're, you're grasping at straws. Well, I, okay. Dean, and, and the, Dean, the Lord of 
all fiction? No, I'm just I mean, saying narratively, it's poorly done if that was your intent to do that as a love story. That's not okay. how you do it. And it really, you, you have to admit, it's completely rushed. It's, oh, yeah. They have these, these quick scenes showing yes. them over 15 years doing little things like getting, you know, having a ring uh-huh. and you know, things like that to, to show what a great life they had for 10 or 15 years, whatever it is. Uh-huh. It's, that, I don't know how you do it. You, you would have had to completely restructure it, it's true. But yeah. then don't end it by saying this was a love story because it wasn't. It's a good well, story. Well, so after that, Jamie goes up to her room. And she, I don't remember, she either like fills the sink with water or the bathtub with water and she's looking at her reflection. So she's clearly looking for Danny. Mm -hmm. And then she doesn't see anything. And so she goes and she turns a chair to the hotel room door and then opens the door a little bit, leaving it ajar, and then just goes and sits in the chair waiting because she has said, that she does this to wait for Danny to come mm-hmm. to her. And then at the very end, she's sitting there. Presumably she's fallen asleep. And we see a hand on her shoulder. And that's Danny. And that's Danny. Who Did, should be back in Bly Manor in London, but in England, but yeah. it's okay. Did you notice that Jamie's hair is no longer gray? Really? It's brown. Really? Yeah. What's the point of that? What does that mean? Like she's back to her, that she oh. died. She oh. died and she's her young self again. She died right there in the hotel room? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sitting there. So she just died. Yeah. At the end of this thing. That's what, I. you know, it's not clear. I did not think that. Yeah. I didn't think that either. You read that somewhere? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Interesting, huh? I don't know. We okay. So well, I wish you hadn't told me that. Why? <laughs> because it's dumb. Well, why did she die? <laughs> I mean, of what? Why? How? That makes no sense. She's not that old. No, she shouldn't be that oh, old. That's but. weird. I did not. I, no, I did not notice that. Uh, overall, I know there's some. Like I said, some narrative issues with it. It's but it's creepy. It's atmospheric at times. It's got some really good episodes there in five and six and, and maybe seven. Um, at the last episode, I think was butchered. Yeah. But overall, it's it's. I think it's it's effective. It's a good. It's I give it. A, I liked most of the characters. Yeah. I especially liked Hannah. I, for some reason, I didn't like Danny, but I liked her in Hill House. Yeah, she so, looks she looks very different in yeah. Hill House than this. I thought, but you know what I think? I think Hill House was a, a, a ten yes. out of ten. This yeah. is a seven and a half, and. Yeah, the the characters are much much more interesting and deeper in the Haunting Hill House for sure, and of course the the atmospherics and the foreshadowing in Hill House is legendary. It's yeah. amazing throughout the entire show. There's all kinds of reveals. These are these are mostly pretty obvious reveals. Like Hannah's a ghost. No shit, Hannah's a ghost. We knew that a long time ago. No, we didn't. We I didn't know it. It was did. interesting. No, I know you're in I, love with Hill House, Dean. I am. I would marry Hill House. I know. I would have babies with Hill House. Hill babies. <laughs> and. Oh. Another fun fact. Yes. Flora is the voice of, I believe, Peppa Pig. Is she really? Uh-huh. The little girl. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. And she's constantly saying, it's perfectly splendid. Yeah. Why does she say that in Peppa Pig? I don't know. I, as, I, I doubt don't, it. You may not know this. I'm, I actually don't watch Peppa Pig. I, I don't, don't either. Okay. I know I nothing about it. The series, as I mentioned, is, uh, is based on The Turn of the Screw, the Henry James novella from 1898, That which though that series had a famously kind of open-ended as I mentioned, that we don't know, was it all imaginary? Right. Was it real ghosts? Whatever. But also the big difference, and I'm, I'm going to spoil the uh, the uh, series, I'm sorry, the book, The Turn of the Screw. Which I want to read. It's a great, now. It's a, I highly recommend it. It was, I'm kind of still ruin it for you. 
Oh, I, yeah, I know okay. already. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. The uh, Bly Manor is, it's all, the setup's the same, everything's the same, except it has a lot of the same beats too, but it's the ending has the uh, Peter Ghost character has been seen by Miles a couple times, and then Flora had a fight with Danny the governess, and she went to live with her uncle already. So she's gone before the end of the novella, but she's still taking care of Miles. And Peter Quint, the ghost, comes back, and she doesn't want... And Miles is saying, let me see, let me see. And she's standing in between Miles and the ghost, and she grabs him, holds him tightly so he can't see the ghost. She doesn't want him to see the ghost. And finally, the ghost sort of disappears, and she looks down, and she suffocated and killed Miles accidentally, and that's how it ends. So it's got a little bit of a darker ending. Well, not much, bit. but slightly. But it's still, it's it's worth a read too. Now that I've ruined that as well, we're doing a lot of spoiling here. And the whole thing about uh, Viola and her escapades—that's based on another story. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, because yeah, that's another story by do you know. Same author. Oh, by Henry James. Yeah, really. I forget the name of it. Oh, now I want to know. I think I have his collected collected works. I don't think I read the whole thing. Yeah. But I really turned the screw. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good show. I mean, we would. I would recommend you watch it if you haven't. <laughs> Hopefully, you already have. But no, I think it's okay. So you know, some spoilers. You oh know. yeah, you hate spoilers. I don't I mind. Do spoilers. I don't mind knowing everything about oh, a I show don't. before I watch I it. I don't. I would hate me right now. I know. I wouldn't have listened like to this saying. actually. So that's fine. I know. We were we were fair. We said up front we we're going to have spoilers. Uh, but still, it's it's okay. So our official two thumbs up. I don't know. It's a, a yeah. good. Creepy, atmospheric. It's better than most horror stories. Yeah. But that's the often a low bar. And the fact that I stayed awake through most that's of it was very impressive. Is, yes. yes, that's not quite like you. The endorsement. Yeah, yeah. It can be eight thirty, and I hear you like these little <laughs> clicking noises that Carrie makes when she's asleep. And I go, I go, are you kidding me? We just started the episode. You wouldn't do this to Great British Baking Show, would you? I could. Yeah, you probably could. So. Watch it if you haven't, despite the spoilers. If you have, watch it. We hope you enjoyed. And tell us what you think of our assessment or our thoughts yep. on this show. Because that's And tell us if you like this whole thing. I don't know if we're going to do any more of these or not. Email us or whatever if you think we should do this. Obviously, we would do horror, horror or even fantasy or sci-fi or something in the weird in keeping with uh, the theme of the podcast. But there is lots of like that stuff to do that. Like, for instance, I want to maybe do... The um, Lovecraft Country, which I'm, I just oh. finished the novel, and now we need to start watching it. Yeah. So yeah, tell oh, us. Okay, dokes. Otherwise, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. All right. Bye.